I learned very, very early on, not how much is it going to cost me, but how much is it going to make me? Hello, I'm Elizabeth Ribbons, your host for Next, a podcast dedicated to connecting women through stories, inspiration, and actions that empower resilience, leverage change, and celebrates their next. If you have lived half a century, certainly you have valuable skills, knowledge, and something you can share. Creating online courses on an appealing platform is another way to reach your audience, deliver your knowledge, and create an income source. I've been a Kajabi user for over five years, and I'm continually impressed with the amazing capabilities, options, excellent support, and the dedication to continue to innovate and provide the very best to their users. It's everything you need from soup to nuts to house your pearls of wisdom and share with others. To get your first month free, go to www.nextcareerlife.com backslash income. That's www.nextcareerlife.com backslash income. And get your first 30 days for free. Today's guest is Bibi Goldstein, who utilized her innate talents and experiences of creating efficiency in the workplace in corporate America. And she saved companies millions of dollars while creating a culture of the largest percentage of promotions from direct hires. From there, she launched her own business, a virtual assistant company by the name of Buying Time LLC to aid entrepreneurs and small businesses in setting up systems to support their business needs. Welcome, Bibi. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so excited to be uh, talking with you today. I'm looking forward to it. Great. Well, you know, um, honestly, you're a rock star. What you've achieved is amazing. I just wanted to summarize it in that little bit, but I'd love to take you, you know, from the big picture and, and work from there. So you were in corporate America. What were you doing? What were the, the things that, that um, you know, the productivity and things that you created for, for those companies? I'd just love for you to expand on that a little bit. Absolutely. So I uh, was in um, the very exciting world of transportation and logistics. <laughs> and essentially... Uh, what that means is that uh, I worked for companies like North American Logistics, I worked for UPS Supply Chain, different companies that uh, where we, what we did was primarily provide um, support in, in my division was to provide support to individuals who were um, working with, with uh, end user clients. Uh, we had a large computer company who was one of our clients, for instance. And what we did was we ran, I ran these strategic stocking locations and had dispatchers all the way through. My territory was uh, uh, Colorado West out to Alaska and Hawaii. And um, we would have, let's just say, for instance, a well-known department store if their register was down. Mm-hmm. That computer company who provided the re- the the register, the computer itself, mm-hmm. uh, had to go and repair those parts. We had those parts in our warehouse, and we would dispatch folks to go out and meet the technician so that they could have the least amount of downtime uh-huh. on that register as possible. Because the uh-huh. register isn't working, they're not making any money. <laughs> right, right. And so, wow, that's like a lot of planning. I mean, exponentially. Yeah. Think of all of the registers and all of the moving parts there. Oh my gosh. See, you are a rock star. That's amazing. I got to ask you this. What, what kind of education does one need to do what you are doing? 
Oh, uh, we're going to get curious. Video, you know, very quickly. <laughs> I'm um, just curious. Like, how do you, how do you get into that? Well, I got into it by accident. Okay. Uh, I, I got into it uh, because my brother was in the messenger world. And uh, so I got into the whole courier part of it, the actual oh. transportation part of it at a very young age when I was uh, 15, 16 years old, I used to go and work um, uh, after school from like three, three thirty or so until about nine. And they were great. They used to let me do my homework and whatever at the desk. And I was a customer service rep and I would answer the phones. That's amazing because you were really learning. It was like you were in school there doing that. I was, I was. And, um, you know, this is a story that has been, that I've, I've shared only a couple of times now. I've, I've, I've been in a place where I feel like it's important for me to share it now. Um, uh-huh. But shortly after getting that job, um, I actually dropped out of high school. Mm-hmm. So I left high school in my junior year, mm-hmm. uh, ultimately ended up getting my high school diploma, but uh, really kind of found that that type of structure wasn't working for me. And I discovered later it really, really didn't have anything to do with the structure because I'm an uber, uber structure person now. Um, But it had more to do with the fact that the learning environment wasn't the right learning environment for me. Yes, yes. You know what? I got to just comment on that one real quick because I have two children and I could have five and they'd all be completely different. But one really enjoys structure and she just goes to the top. Like she just excels. The other one, the more structure, the more he just like, he, he does, he's such a self-starter. And I think those are entrepreneurs at heart because they're just sort of like, what am I doing here? So he had to go to college. That was a deal he cut with us. I don't, I don't want to go on and on about it, but he cut a deal with us. And so we paid for something rather expensive for him, which was for his future, but he had to go to college. He had to have a degree. So he just hated it. He hated the way it was being delivered. He just said, this is the stupidest thing. So he hated it, but he did it because he, he knows that that was, was necessary, but he really bucked it. He did not. And it wasn't because he wasn't smart. It was the structure. He just puts enough structure on himself. I mean, he's a real achiever. So that for him was like jail. So I bet that's how it felt like to you. You're like, look, I'm doing this. I know what I'm doing. I'm getting my traction. What am I doing going to school? Right. I think that it's important that we recognize what modalities work for us, for our children. You know, my daughter uh, is uh, is a hairstylist and she when she was uh, for as long as I can remember, probably from the time she was three, that's what she wanted to do. Uh huh. And didn't understand. I think she did. She didn't fight us too hard, but we were in the same boat as what you were just talking about. We told her the same thing. You gotta, you gotta get a college degree. It's like, it's, and I always felt like such a hypocrite, you know, it's like, how can I say that to her? But my husband's in education. And so there's a whole, a whole nother story behind that. But, but, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that, that it was important that she do something that she can continuously use. Now, if you asked her that today, she would tell you that she doesn't really use anything that she went to college for, (laughs) but it's, for me, I think that it's stuff that comes up without them, without realizing that it was something that you needed. And um, she went to, she ended up going to, to school for business and marketing and, you know, she's an entrepreneur now. Yeah. And 
for me, that at least gives her some, uh, some, some background of what it means to be an entrepreneur. You do have to hustle. You do have to get out there and you have to market your business and you have to be able to speak about yourself yeah. and you have to be able to ask other people to speak about you. Yes. Yes. And so therefore she got this, she got the basic foundation. I am, I am entrepreneurial as well. And I do have, I do have credentials and degrees, but I did it surreptitiously. Like I kind of worked my way around to what I needed, sort of the buffet thing. So I, I get it. I, I really was looking to just get out there and I always knew I wanted to own my own businesses. So it was just how I, how I did it. But um, you did amazingly well because I want you to talk about UPS and what you did for them, because that is incredible. You, you have, that's like a, what do they call that? Superpower? Doing what you did. Talk about that a little bit because you really like tapped into what you know and how, and you did it really well. So please share about that. Well, I think that, that the thing, you know, I loved that job. I will tell you right now, I am never going to be somebody who stands here and knocks being in corporate America because that's not, it's, it's something for everybody. And I, consider myself a lucky person in the sense that I was okay in both. Uh-huh. I was okay in corporate America as well as this. Now, at the time that I was in corporate America, I was the only female. I was the youngest of the of my peers that were in the same role as I was. Um, but, you know, I worked really hard at trying to figure out based on my shortcomings, where could I excel? Because I knew I had shortcomings and I knew that, that I don't know, didn't know how long it would take me to overcome those, right? Mm-hmm. And recognizing what those were. And I was lucky again that I, my husband was in education and he taught me something which was about how people, um, uh, there's some, some different studies out there, but the attention span that people have in order to listen to a lecture or listen to someone talking about something and, and trying to teach them um, is usually equivalent to their age <laughs> up until a certain grade, grade level and things. And so it was, it was kind of eye opening to me because I realized that every person, you know, I managed a, a center that had 60 plus employees in it. Uh huh. That's And yeah, so that turned into this, how do you get them all to want to get engaged? And so we did a lot of that. And I'm super proud of two things at UPS that I did. And I'm not sure if you're referring to one or the other, but I know that we talked a little bit about what some of those are previously. But um, the first thing I'm really proud of is that, you know, out of my center, um, and I, I, it's the one award that I kept and it still sits up on my shelf now <laughs> um, from corporate America that uh, we had the highest number of promotions that came out of our facility. Mm-hmm. That was um, individuals who came in as a dispatcher or a customer service rep that moved into supervisory roles and ultimately into manager roles. And I'm so grateful to say that many of those people are still there in some of those roles just really excelling. And that I feel great that, that myself and, and the other supervisors who were in that group were able to give them that platform to get there. So that was one of the things that I was so incredibly, and a lot of that was about our teaching style, 
accommodating it to their way of learning as opposed to how we wanted to teach them yes. how to be good at their job. Um, the second thing was when they, as what happens, especially in, um, in our wonderful state of California, we, uh, we end up with um, situations where other states end up in providing better uh, incentives for businesses to have their locations there. So our center got shut down. But because we had such a great group of people, um, they, they placed almost 100% of our team in other wow. facilities. Uh, so I went on to become uh, somebody who worked as a analyst with them and ended up working in this uh, position that allowed me to go to different facilities and we would work on efficiency and productivity and helping people to really kind of figure out that if this is a product that moves more often, why is it all the way in the back of the warehouse that you have that takes you longer to walk to, right? Uh-huh. Started creating those efficiencies and I just I fell in love with data. I fell in love with understanding that you can take information and you can make yourself more productive mm-hmm. with that information if you just look at the trends and look at the data. And I realized in starting this business that that can be applied to the single entrepreneur. Exactly. Not, not just large companies. Yeah. Yeah. That's just invaluable. And you're a natural leader because you were able to see how people learn and you were able to keep, I mean, you hear how many times people go, oh, they hired this person in as a executive and they don't even know what's going on. And we don't feel like we're really being led. And I always hear, I hear that from time to time. And it's like, if you get someone from within and they move up the ladder, there's just a feeling of community there. Even if they go on to other, other um, departments or places, like you said, locations, they still, there's this feeling of um, it's been earned. And, and I, I really admire that, that you had that ability because that is, that's golden. And the fact that you were able to take that and translate it into just a solopreneur, someone who's just working for themselves, this same kind of thing where you're looking at what can they do to really um, maximize and be efficient. I want to say one more thing about this because you are Six Sigma certified for Infusionsoft. God bless you. That is not as an entrepreneur for most of my life, and I've heard where there are people like, you've got to have infusions often. I'm thinking, this is what I do. I look at the learning curve and I just go, oh my God, I just don't have the bandwidth to add that into learning. There's all these different softwares and things that are always coming at you when you own a business. And I always look at like time versus, you know, the cost of time. And that is the, the main thing for me and any entrepreneur. Yeah. So if you have someone that already knows how to do it. That is like the best thing. So absolutely. Let somebody else be the genius at what they do and, and do what you're good at. I, and that, I think you, you realized early on in life, you're like, look, which is another thing that is really smart of you. We all have shortcomings. We all have things that we're really good at and things that we're not. And if we understand that early in life, then we can hand off the things that, that we're not so good at. We know what we know what we want from them. You know, we we know the end game, the result that we want, but we don't have to be the ones doing it. Yeah. So uh, I just love that. Um, and so uh, 
I wanted to go on and, and talk about time versus um, money and how maybe in the solo entrepreneurs, you find people that are kind of a hot mess because they're trying to do it all, right? And then you got to kind of unravel that whole ball. Yeah. What do you do when you first find someone like that? And they're like, help, I'm drowning. And how do you start to, to um, really be able to help them? Well, you know, here's, and I love this idea of what you said about time versus money, right? Yeah. Because yeah. It, that's usually always the conversation. Yeah. It's, it's um, I have the time, but I don't have the money. I have the money, but I don't have the time. Right. And, or I don't have time or I don't have money. Yeah. Right? Right. So, so you have all these different places that people are at in their world and what they're doing. And I will tell you that the money mindset conversation, which is a whole nother, you know, avenue we're not going to go down, but the, that idea of money, I, I learned very, very early on of um, not how much is it going to cost me, but how much is it going to make me, mm-hmm. right? So if I know that I can invest $50 in someone else taking something off my hands that takes me an hour and I can turn around and I can make $300 with that same hour. Yeah. The decision's kind of made for me. Yeah. It should be a a real easy conversation with myself about what I'm going to do there. Right. So I think that the, 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 the easiest thing that I can tell you is that when you, when you, um, refer to that idea of somebody kind of being a hot mess, right? They're, mm-hmm. they're, they are literally um, at their desks working for 12, 14 hours a day, barely getting a chance to use the restroom or eat or whatever it is that they're doing, right? Mm-hmm. Finding that person who will even take the opportunity to sit down and say, why, why do you do this? right? My favorite is the why and the how. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when I sit down with a, with a solo entrepreneur, uh, especially, you know, we, I do strategy sessions with, with almost all of my clients first, before we do anything, especially those that have never worked with the VA, mm-hmm. <laughs> those that don't know um, really the ins and outs of the communication, how uh, they're going to get things resolved because they're used to having somebody physically in a room with them. Right. 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 That piece done. So when I sit down in these strategy sessions, that's what we work on is why do you do this process? And then how do you do this process? Mm -hmm. And in most cases we find that uh, they may have started their business that way. And they started doing that because it was important then. And it's kind of like, so why do you still do it now? Yeah, yeah. And, and it's difficult sometimes without seeing an objective person from the outside come in and ask that question right. as to what is the purpose of it, right? Right, right. That's what I try to get them. And I, I encourage anybody who's listening, <laughs> ask yourself, why do you do it? Why do you still do it? Um, we created a, a, a systems checklist that just has people sitting down with their credit card bill every month and writing down what they're paying subscriptions for. Yeah. 
and when the last time was they logged into that subscription that they're paying for. Yeah. Right? So eye-opening to see the average person who ever comes back to us and says, oh my God, I love this, saves anywhere from about $80 to $100 a month in just, oh my God, the last time I logged into this was two years ago and I've been paying every month for it. Yeah, so that's where we try to get people to really dig into why and then how. <laughs> and also too, the the we've always been doing it this way. Yes, but you're like, but this is. Do you have trouble sometimes um, persuading people that this this will work so much better for you if we go this route? Do you have trouble with that, or they're like they're like holding on to an old way of doing something that yeah. isn't really serving them, or are they so for it? Do you what's what would you say is more often? Well, it's, I can, if I can liken it to anything, I would, I would compare it to, you know, that idea that all of us who have um, maybe gained a little weight as we've gotten older, we always kind of keep that one thing in our closet that we think that we're going to fit into again one day, or, you know, that's our goal. That's our goal piece. That's that's what we're going to get to again. Um, Everybody has those things that they hold on to. Yeah, that, that, oh, but I, but I liked the way it felt back then. I liked when I was doing it this way. Yeah. And, um, and, and that's true in business too, right? When you have growth, you have more pain. Yeah. Right. You may increase your level of joy as well, but you're going to increase your level of pain because that's why they call it growing pains Mm -hmm. because you are going through that. So yeah, we have people who get into that place and sometimes there's no recovery from it. Uh, There are folks who are like, okay, arms folded, you know, scowl on their face. I'll try it. Yeah. Well, it's not going to work from that moment. I know that it's not going to work. Yeah. So I usually back out of it and try to find some place that they are willing to look at creating some efficiencies, right? Finding that place uh, I always try and get uh, folks to think about where and how uh, is the place that really hurts you the most. Like you hate doing this thing. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can find that thing that you despise doing so much, they're so willing to try. I'll try anything. Take it from me. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what that you can start there and kind of work, like sort of reverse engineer and help them. Yeah. And once they see that, that they're freeing up time and they're able to do more than, and, and the thing is, is cost versus time. Again, it's so worth it. It's so worth it because then you're fresher and more value. Like you have more energy for what's really important and what you can really, you know, put your energies into and spend time on. Um, yeah. I wanted to talk to you about time management and how you, you're saying you, you talk with them and then you, you've spoken about time management too, because I uh, read a little article, um, yes, you can, uh, with uh, Kathy Alessandro. She she was talking to you about uh, swallowing the frog or eat a frog in the morning. Uh, so that's something that um, I definitely, yes, you can. That's, that's what, yes, you can, living.com, excuse me. Um, anyway, I wanted to talk about that because um, a lot of people just, again, talking about what's that thing you hate doing the most? What's that thing that you really for solo entrepreneurs that maybe um, aren't 
quite ready or maybe they can only hire VAs for this or that. They can't regularly use VAs. Um, what do you say to them and what is swallowing a frog in the morning for breakfast or something like that? I've never heard of that before. We, how many people have not heard of that? And, and yeah, Kathy's a really good uh, uh, friend and I've been, uh, I've worked with Kathy for a long time. It's, it's yes, I can living um, mm-hmm. magazine. Yes. Um, and that's, and I'm a featured writer for them and I love being able to get, because you can, you can be so creative in some of those articles, even though they're short, which is good mm-hmm. because people can digest them very well. No pun intended as we talk about you. <laughs> um, and, and essentially the, the concept of eating a frog for breakfast and where that, I, I actually should look up where that saying comes from, but what really what it means is, is you take the ugliest thing on your to-do list and you do it in the morning. Mm -hmm. right so that's where that concept came into play and for me I as much as I I agree wholeheartedly that most of us are more uh, alert and focused in the morning Mm -hmm. and can get more done because our brains aren't fatigued our bodies aren't fatigued uh, we are are just in a a much better place in the mornings I I still have a philosophy that it doesn't matter how energized you are. It doesn't matter how focused you are. If it is something you truly hate doing, and Uh I know that hate is a very strong word, but I will tell you, there are things that people tell me and they're just like, like, I would rather poke my eyes out than do this again. I just don't want to do it. Yeah. So the concept around it is, is that you do take that ugly, gross task that you hate doing, but you do it in small chunks. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. So I uh, developed a program years ago called 15 minutes from overwhelmed to organized. Mm -hmm. And really the concept around it is that you only do something for 15 minute increment. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. I've heard of this. Yes. At 15 minutes you stop and then Uh you go do something that you enjoy. You can come back to this in another 15 minutes. It is amazing to see how fast you can get something done when you know that you only have to do it for 15 minutes. Yep. Right. That's why those, those hit exercise um, uh, uh, programs work. That's because it's that I can do that. It's digestible. Yeah. That's a sizable chunk that I can handle. Absolutely. And then people get it done. Right. They get it done. Always. It. That is such that a good and I, I love that you when write for entire houses that way. Yeah. Yeah. People and you know what? When they look at because I just remember, you know, working with again my son looking at like a whole worksheet, which he hated, you know, from school, like those worksheets. I used to have to cover it up and be like, just get this part done. And then I'd cover up the next part and be like, just get this part done. Great. You know what I mean? Because I would do that for him because he would just look at it and be like, I don't want to do this. Like add, you know, three and five together. What color is that? And then color in the balloon. And oh, he hated that stuff. (laughs) And my son is really smart. It just, he hated it. He, and so I had to, it was just tasky kind of stuff and he just didn't see the point. So, um, you know what I mean? So I had to help him like sort of just look at this. Now look at this. Because he'd look at that whole sheet of it and just dread it. So I love that. Um, I have to tell you something really funny, though, as you mentioned uh, something in math. That, so my husband actually writes math curriculum. Oh, he does? <laughs> oh, my gosh. 
Well, well it's like funny said, that the problem you brought up was a math problem. And you know what? Um, I just, he's like I said, he's, he always did well in school and he's smart enough. He just didn't really like that whole, that s- severe structure of tasks and, and worksheets and doing all this like stuff all the time. He just hated it. Um, and I had to, I actually had to negotiate with his teacher um, oh. because she knew he was such a good kid and he was a smart kid. She just said, he just stops. Like everyone's working on their worksheets. She's a taskmaster. She just liked all these worksheets all the time. So I said, well, he, he was so sweet at home that he was acting out and doing things that he normally didn't do. So we, her and I had a conversation and I just said, we need to come up with something here. And she said, he gave it her, but she gave him the chance to have control again over it. So he could put a little sticky note on his worksheet for like, I'm going to do this later. And that he, everything went back to normal at home. So it's like funny that you, you, you have to like really get into the people that you're working with or your own children and just go, what is it? that's making them tick because everyone likes to work, right? Everyone really does like to work. So tell me a bit about your team. Like I know you have a team and then you have VAs. Um, you know, how is it that you connect with them so that they are doing the work that they love to do um, and, and really able to, to provide and, and create a you know, service and that interconnectivity? I'd love to hear how you do that. I love my team. I have a phenomenal team and every one of us, has the things that we love doing. Uh-huh. Um, you know, uh, I have uh, my uh, COO who just kind of handles the day-to-day of everything, but uh, we have an incredible um, web developer on our team. Um, David, he's he's amazing. We have Carrie, who's our graphic designer. We have Jules, who loves to do social media. We have Astrid, who loves doing automation and putting things in place for for people in softwares like Infusionsoft, like you were mentioning and things yeah. like that. And 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 we have several uh, others. It, the, the team itself, you know, we support more than about 200 clients a year. Wow. wow. And some of them are on regular monthly that we support on a regular basis. And then we have um, clients who just come to us for projects, you know, mm-hmm. I need to, you know, revamp my website or I need, uh, I need to set up this campaign for this new thing that I'm launching. Uh, I need to um, uh, get some, I want to, I want to change my branding up a little bit, you know, um, where we don't do like traditional graphic design types of things, but some of the easier things that say like, I like my logo, but I'm not crazy about my colors. Let's change that up. Or, yeah. you know, helping them from, from that perspective of seeing things in the way that they want to see them in a little bit more of a, a collaborative way instead of us kind of designing it for them, right? Mm-hmm. It's what, what do they want to see? Uh, so my team, the way that we work is that when someone comes in, uh, they have one point of contact. So if most of their work is going to be automation, they would work directly with um, Astrid. And then, but they're going to have the occasional need for graphics or they're going to have some need for their website. So they have access to the whole team. Mm-hmm. And we built that model in such a different way than a lot of virtual assistant companies are built out there. A lot of them are doing um, they're a little bit more of like the dating site, you know, where they have the, the VAs and then they have the, uh, the client and they match them up based on what they're looking for. Uh-huh. Uh, we chose to kind of keep everything in house. Uh, all my team are all employees. 
Oh, so good. Wow. They, they're not, um, they, we do not send anything um, uh, outside. Not contract. Services. Yeah. Everybody's employees, we provide full benefits to our team. Oh, Anybody who's full time has access to um, health benefits, has access to 401k, has um, a variety of, of things that we provide to our team in order for them to be successful. And that's what, wow. what, that was the environment I wanted to create. Yeah. Um, we have, they're, they're those folks that, you know, everybody works really, really hard mm-hmm. and, um, but we're, we like to have a lot of fun too. And, um, you can always count on a couple of, of our, our group to keep everything very light and lively. <laughs> so even when things get intense and, and we've got a, a big launch or a deadline coming up or something happening, everyone really does have that atmosphere of we can get this done together. I you- love that. And you know what, that's, again, I'm, I'm, I have to say that's because of you, because it, it starts with you and you, you create that culture. And that's really so cohesive so that the people that are working with you they, they benefit from that. I mean, it really is important. I don't know if people really understand that, but it's super important. Um, when you have happy, happy employees, they do good work. They're happy doing their work. You know, it's a, it's just better all the way around. I really, so typically what are your clients? Like what kind of companies or what type of clients are you working with? So if somebody was driving along and listening to this podcast and they're like, I need a VA, but are they, what kind of, what kind of thing is, you know, how do they do? What are the, so can you kind of explain that? Yeah. Uh, I think that the, the thing that this is always a tough thing for me because I know that probably even as an entrepreneur, you have had plenty of times where you've sat down in a workshop or, or at a conference and someone goes through the, Oh, we're going to take you through this identifying your ideal client exercise. And, <laughs> and inevitably there's somebody like me who goes, everybody's my client. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I had, uh, I had, an epiphany one time where somebody said, well, no, not everybody's your client. Everybody who has the money to be able to pay you is your client. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, okay, that's a different way of looking at it. And then it's over the years have, have really honed in on this. And I will tell you that the, the primary person that is our client is that person who's in that place of really their, their, Trying to get out of solopreneur into entrepreneur, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Trying to get from that place of doing everything themselves to, I need to be able to start to delegate. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that the reason why that person works really well for us is because when they delegate to us, they don't necessarily have to go out and find somebody else to help them with website stuff or with social media or with, because they can always just come to the same source. And so those work really well. And I will tell you that they're primarily in that world of, uh, you know, coaches uh, in all types of formats, whether it be life coach, business coach. Um, uh, We have, you know, financial coaches, we have, uh, you know, one of my um, uh, clients is an animal communicate. She has an animal, animal communication school mm-hmm. where she teaches other people how to become animal communicators. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, finding those other types of, 
of verticals for us. Uh, for some reason, we have had a, um, a big vertical with attorneys. Those mm-hmm. have become uh, a fairly uh, prominent part of our clientele, um, mainly because there's a lot of clerical stuff that they don't want to pay paralegal rates for or, you know, things yeah. like that that yeah. need to get done. And everybody has to be on social media now, right? Everybody does. Everyone does. So that's, those are, those are, I would say, like in our top, but, you know, we pretty much support all industries. I mean, I can't, I can't think of an industry. I mean, we've had real estate, we've had finance, we've, we, we've pretty much touched as many industries as I think are possible. Yeah. That's great because what you do is you you basically take things off of their desk that they're needing help with. And just give, I want to give you a little bit of something from me. When the economy collapsed back in 2009, mm-hmm. um, I had a running business and I had to, you know, it was sliding down fast. Things were going quick, right? And I had to, I had to let go of people, but I needed to continue. My business was floundering because everybody's business was at the time. And I had to find a way to continue to deliver to what clients I did have. And I started finding people, women mainly, who were skilled, who could work remotely and who could deliver things digitally. And they actually liked it. And they were so um, astute and able to do it and willing and, and timely because they were able to be with their families run their schedules and get the work done as they needed. So that for me was my first experience with remote work and me being able to have this whole team that I could expand or contract depending on my needs. And so, and they were very, um, uh, you know, specific in what they could do. So I needed them to do that. But I also made sure that I gave their names to networks and stuff so that they continued to work and they chose. But I'm such a big believer in it, especially for women who are wanting to be at home and be able to work if they need to. Now, you guys, seems to me you work together. Do you all work in the same building or do you? No. See, that I think is key is that everyone was saying, no, no, no remote work. We can't do that. But this pandemic being as bad as it was. Yeah we learned that we can do it. And especially women, I think women just rock it when it comes to this, because we can fit it in. We can fit it in. We'll fit it in. And I just, the, the efficiency for which they worked, the, the, the amount of the level of quality of the work. And I especially love that your VA, your company has insurance that you offer them all the benefits of a, of a company. So that is so incredible because these were, these were, uh, you know, separate contractors for me. I wasn't able to really have them work for me, especially at that time, mm-hmm. but I was early on doing that and I have not gone back to having a whole um, big company. I'm moving into something else obviously now, but I'm such a believer in it. And I think it's a great thing to do. And um, I'm in fact, writing a whole blog about, this possibility coming out of this pandemic for women who left the workforce that can continue to work in some way, shape or form because of remote work or because of VAs, because of, I I just, it excites me. It gives me hope that women, I, that women will continue to be able to remain relevant, engaged and employed and earning. That's so important. So for me, I love that you, you're doing this and that um, you are also 
going even further. I know you are speaking, you do speaking and you also do workshops. So tell a little bit about that. And then I want to talk about um, what you're developing. Yeah. So our, our workshops um, are uh, specific to certain things, you know, like we provide workshops, like just getting people to understand that they don't need to have a hundred thousand emails sitting in their email inbox. Yeah. Uh, that would that would just like it just warms my heart to to see that people could actually like see what's in their inbox and know that that's real and that's the stuff that they have to work on today. Yeah, uh, treating their inbox like a like an actual to do list. Mm-hmm. Um, so and then we also teach people about Evernote, um, learning how to use Evernote for the everyday person instead of just in in this. Uh, broad way that it's kind of mentioned. Um, uh, Evernote can be amazing just because there's mobile, there's the mobile app and, and what you can do online. I, I started that just because I had a client who used to have endless amounts of those yellow pad, yellow legal pads that, you know, he would put notes on and then it was like, Oh, I think that that that's someplace in this note from this year from the, I was like, how do you do that? Like, so yeah. in Evernote, you can actually go to the search bar and search the phrase that you're looking for and be able to find it. Yeah. So we developed that workshop. And we've, we've put these things together just as a quick and easy way for people to find some tools to help them be a little bit more efficient if they aren't ready to reach out right. for regular support. Mm-hmm. Um, with that being said, like, you know, I, when we started this business, it was back in 2007. Yeah. And, um, it's really interesting because when I, when I go back and I realize that we started before we really hit that major recession. Yes. Um, we survived that reception recession. <laughs> um, uh, we, I survived, survived, the business survived a, um, partnership split in 2011 and then we had the pandemic last year and it's like every single time you had to think of doing things a little bit different and what what is the long-term vision what what can people buy into because that's that's a big piece to this and and you know even when you have contractors like you mentioned Mm -hmm. it is so important that you are communicating with them on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. They're contractors, fine, pay them for their time. But if they're invested in your company because they're invested in doing work for you, yeah, make sure they know what your vision is, know what you're, what you're trying to accomplish because it's, it's kind of like putting somebody in the driver's seat with a blindfold on. Mm-hmm. If you don't tell them where to go, and even if you are telling them where to go, they're going to hit a lot of stuff on the, on the way. Yeah. You know? And it, it doesn't matter if it's your family, if it's contractors, if it's your employees, if you, you can continue to, to, to keep people engaged in what your vision is, everyone will help you get there. Yes. That's a really, really good point right there. I love that. Because it is so true. And I've heard, you know, from all the big, 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 you know, uh, entrepreneurs out there, that is the thing that they always say is like from the very bottom to the very top, everyone has to know your why, your what, 
and be really clear because when they're clear and they're all in encompassing that in their minds and they're the work that they put out understands it it shows the see this is really you're very very talented obviously you know that but this like you're blowing me away you're because i read the books believe me and i and i'm you know i always i'm a big reader and i'm like what you just said was so powerful and i just want to talk to you too about something that you're developing because mm-hmm. i'm all passionate and we had a conversation when we first met I'm passionate about women being able to, especially single moms, being able to stay uh, relevant, engaged in earning. And this remote working, this flexible working is possibly a a hopeful way for families, not just women, but families to live further out, be able to afford where they're living, be able to have a, a, a investment in their community, you know, just a better life. I'm hoping for that. I mean, oh, yes. But so, one of those things is flexible working. Maybe a woman leaves corporate and wants to be doing something, but she can't be doing that all the way, but she's got all these great skills. How does she become a VA or how does she, you have a course that you're working on or you're doing something. Tell us about that. Yeah. So I'm so excited about this. Uh, and I, I want to touch on something um, because I think that it's a really good lead in to, to this conversation and that is when you said that you had found these women out there um, and kind of based on each of their skill sets, you utilized their services and then you went out and you referred them to anybody that you could yeah. um, because you want, if they wanted to continue doing this, right? Yeah. That's primarily the way that most people get into being a virtual assistant right? It, it is not something that they, that they purposefully go after. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're trying to change. So we developed Virtual Assistance University. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it, uh, it's, it's virtual assistance as in plural. So mm-hmm. um, uh, not with a C. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Virtualassistanceuniversity.com. And what we did was we developed this online school essentially mm-hmm. and it uh it takes about if you you could get through it quickly if you wanted to but if you really wanted to build it the right way it takes you about six months to go through this course now even though it takes you six months to go through the course um you can still open your doors immediately and start doing business mm-hmm. and what's interesting is these women that you went out and found um, and, and brought into this virtual assistant world without them necessarily even realizing it. um, They just didn't know the foundational pieces. They didn't have those foundational pieces of, of how to start a business. Do I need to be a business entity? What kind of entity? Um, How do I do my invoicing? How am I setting up my pricing? What are the things that I need to know in order to make sure that um, I don't do all this work and not get paid for it? Right. 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 All of those things. And then the business building, you know, how do you get from after you take those foundational pieces, then how do you get to that business building? The, The networking that's involved, the marketing that you can do, all of the pieces that you need in order to make that business what you want it to be. If it's just you, great. If you want to grow a business like what I did with buying time, you can do that as well. Uh, it's, and, and really deciding 
what some of that stuff is early on. Mm -hmm. I wish I had decided it early on because I probably wouldn't have wasted a lot of the money that I ended up wasting Mm -hmm. because I wasn't sure, am I going to do this on my own? Am I going to just have contractors? Do I just outsource the work? And had I really thought about it, it was what, what, what did I see the vision being? What did I want it to be? Um, and it's okay to say, I don't know what I want it to be, but what's my, what's my best way to build it now? So that regardless of what I want it to be uh, and what growth pattern it's on, it's easier to create that. Um, and then the, the last part of the, the, the school of, of the university is the actual business operations, um, how to track your time. Mm how and what your policies are around time. Yep. Um, what's going to be your commitment to the client in turnaround time, uh, in response time? How are you going to handle if you get to a place where you've got even, let's just say five clients, but your goal was that you're never going to work on Fridays and you got that client who continuously calls you on Fridays, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, it's, it's setting up those boundaries. It's understanding all of that. On top of all of that, they get, they get support 100% of the way through. Oh, um, that's key. I was going to ask you about that. That is they, key right there. They get support 100% of the way through. And not only that, but they get support after they've completed the courses. Okay. Mm-hmm. They stay in the... Um, the V we, we, we refer to it as VAU. Uh-huh. Um, they stay in that, in that group. We have a Facebook group. They stay in that group for as long as they need. Um, we will help them with proposals. If they're stuck on, I got this person that came to me and they want me to do, you know, 20 hours a week with them. And they want this type of support and this type of support. I can do this and I can do this, but I can't do this piece. You know, and what does that mean if they outsource this piece and how do they handle those things? We will help them through that process. We will help them through it. And that's really the key here is that we want to see as many people go through this and succeed at it. The sheer number of women who are unemployed because of this. Oh, my heart. Yeah. So sad. It's scary to me. It's back to numbers prior to the 1970s. Yeah. Okay. That is not a good place for us to step backwards to. And, um, you know, our, our tagline for VAU is lifestyle choice and freedom. Mm -hmm. And that's what we want. We want to create this opportunity for people to decide themselves, have their own choice Mm-hmm. in their lifestyle so that they have the freedom to do what they want with who they want when they want and how they want yes and that's why we built VAU you know majority of my team are women we have a um a couple of guys on our team Dave and Jeff and they're great with you know helping even talk us through some of these things but the majority of us are women And the opportunity for us to be able to see the flexibility that this could give to so many people Mm -hmm. we're that's why we spent the time that we've spent in the last almost year now um, from just me building the content 
and deciding what needs to go into it to actually launching it. That's <laughs> so fantastic. We just launched it. It's, oh, you did. Fantastic. Yeah. That's wonderful. Well, I'm hopeful. And I think your timing is perfect because really women are looking to like, I don't want to go back to what it was and, but I do need to be working and I, and it's important that I work. And <clears throat> I've got people asking me to do these things and I need, I need the foundation. I need the fundamentals. I need to know because a lot of women, have worked in the corporate world and they're thinking, oh, I don't know how to be an entrepreneur. I don't know how to be a salon. I have no idea how to do that. And really, if you have it, you know, put out before you, it's, yep. it's, it's very doable. And um, I, I honestly believe, I'm such a believer in women being solo and, and small business, solo entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, small business, because I raised kids and ran a company and I was able to be at the soccer field and you know, I made it happen because I wanted to be there and it was really important yep. to me. So I think a lot of women feel that way. And I, and again, I feel like we can invest more in our lives the way we want it. Just like you're saying, you know, career and lifestyle freedom, you basically will have it. It, it, yeah. it doesn't mean that the work is going to be less. You'll have a lot of work. Sure. Mm -hmm. You know, but it, at least you're going to be doing it and working it around what is important to you and showing up. So it's my whole it's mantra. So <laughs> it's my whole mantra. I really, really feel for young people, my kids growing up, and I'm looking at how, you know, how are they going to be able to continue to work and, and be, you know, in, with their families and whatnot. And I'm hoping that what's happened has been horrible this past year. But at the same time, I'm hoping that people are, have shifted their perspective enough to really um, grab onto this idea. So you have been, you're just, I am just really inspired and amazed by you. And um, you definitely somebody that I um, would invest in as far as um, a virtual, you know, when I'm needing a virtual assistant and, and I love that you're doing this course because I think it's so necessary. Thank so you. Phoebe, thank you so much for your time today. And um, I wish you more and great success and um, I'm, I'm sure I want to catch up with you later and find out more about how your, your online course is doing. So thank you again. Thank you so much for having me. I had so much fun just sitting here talking. Thank you for listening. Links to mine and my guest social media, as well as other resources you might enjoy are all in the show notes. Why not take a quick 10 minute quiz to help find the right resource for you? Download the Compass mini course or browse the resource page and see what the next community has to offer. All available at www.nextcareerlife.com. Enjoying the show? Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or share the show with a friend or coworker. Word of mouth is still the best way to find out about new podcasts. Until next time.